answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. Glad you are with us as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, uh, helping people, primarily helping people transition from the workplace to retire, retirement. But that's actually helping them get ready for the point when their work becomes an option and not an obligation. And then for those that um, want to transition to retirement, we help them do that. And been... And this program is designed to help you take your calls, answer your questions, and talk about uh, things going on in the financial world so you make wise choices. And it's a, a if you're within a few years of retirement, and we don't really need to talk about what's going on in the world, um, but there was a recent study that came out um, from Ken Dykewalt and Bob Morrison, who had um, Age Wave. Uh, Age Wave, which is uh, a firm that we're very familiar with. It helps us kind of understand the demographics of the average retiree and what they're thinking of. But I'm probably the same age as a lot of average retirees um, or soon-to-be retirees. Although you're a little young for reti- to be retired. Uh, average, re- yeah. You, of course, you're uh, young for retirement. I'm. Uh, yeah. I hope that the retirement thing doesn't happen to me for a long time. But who knows, <laughs> right? Who knows? Some people look forward to retirement. Others don't. Uh, I'm in the latter. So 68 million <laughs> Americans are changing their retirement plans just based on the current environment. Um, 10% will retire uh, earlier. 29% will retire later. And 61% of people uh, that were in the consideration um phase of this said that it, they don't believe that it has had an impact on them so far. So far. I tell you, it is such a strange, and by the way, if you'd like to be part of the program, I'd love to take your call. 833-99-WORTH is the number to join the program. 833-99-WORTH. Um, it, if, <laughs> one were to look at the financial markets, the broad indexes as a whole, particularly the major indexes. Yeah, the S&P 500. NASDAQ, NASDAQ. Dow. You would think nothing's wrong. Yes, you would think that... NASDAQ hitting new high territories, the S&P bumping up against it, the Dow bumping up against it. And then you look at, like, Lord & Taylor, which is the oldest, almost 200-year-old company, department store. Of course, department stores were on death doors before this, but yeah. uh, files bankruptcy. You get company after company filing bankruptcy. Well, not only those companies filing bankruptcies, those that are actually shrinking their footprint. Correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is every bit as important as the companies that are filing bankruptcy are those that are shrinking their footprints. And some of them, there's always a story behind them, we're just cutting our less profitable stores. Well... Maybe. If they're still profitable, you're not going to be. Cutting you're not them. cutting them. Right? You're not cutting them. Yeah, um, it's a it, but it's the markets. I mean, it's really bizarre how things keep bidding up. I mean, day after day, you kind of I wake up and I'm like, what are the futures markets are? And kind of scratch my head. Yes, 
which is, once again, if you're a longtime listener to uh, this show, uh, this program, you will know that we are not a big advocate of marketing timing uh, because over short periods of time, uh, you, if, in fact, if you, if I didn't give you the indices and tell you what they're doing, but I just gave you the raw numbers about how uh, corporate America is doing. The GDP. The GDP. The declining in profits. The unemployment numbers, the increasing deficit. Um, the increasing I think, debt. I think the part of this, Pat, is that uh, it, well, one of two things, or maybe both. Investors are either very far looking today. It's like we know this pandemic is not going to last forever. Um, we know that it'll pass one way or the other, whether we have a vaccine or it's eventually going to burn out or whatnot. It won't last forever. Things are going to continue on. So either investors have that belief or. It's kind of like, where else do you put your money? A bit of fear of missing out on some stocks, clearly, right now, and some asset classes. There's, there's obviously that. There's a bit of a, a momentum rally right now. I believe there is. So the, the question is, how much is this kind of hot money has been pushed in the market, and how much is this long-term investor saying, I'm not going to worry about short-term market movements? Or, or just plain lack of alternatives. The, the reality is savings rates for the average American – are through the roof. All-time highs. All-time highs. And well, what, I mean, when, look, of course, when you're told to stay home. and you, I tried getting a dinner reservation for uh, several days out this morning as I'm driving. In front On of a patio. At a, yes, when, of course. In, in yes. the county that Scott and I live, you are allowed to, uh, restaurants are allowed to open, but you can only dine outside. But they didn't have anything open for at least a, a week out. Because. They, well, they're only about half capacity or a third capacity. That's right. That's right. That's right. So savings rates is so that so is, is that driving? If is I'm that, not going out to dinner and spending money on a, it's a lot cheaper to cook at home, right? Yeah. So you end up that's the average American just saving more today. Yeah, it's strange times. There's no question. Hey, uh, we're gonna and then if, what's that? Yeah, we, let's we, take calls. Let's take calls. And when we and when we get back uh, after some calls, at least in this show, I want to talk without a political agenda. I want to talk about uh, Biden's uh, tax proposals versus Trump's tax proposals. Are you okay? You said without a political, that is a political agenda, is it not? No, it's just fact. I'm not going to wait. I guess I would weigh in my opinion. <laughs> All right. If you think it's a bad idea, we will. We should talk. No, no, no. Of course we'll talk about it. I we'll think talk it is a little bit to, about it. To, We'll uh, yeah, about it a little bit. it's funny. I had to, we're gonna we're gonna go into the calls in just a moment. I did, I had lunch with my son the other day outside on the patio. I took him to lunch. And your son is he's twenty two. Recent call. He graduated from Boston College. He had a degree with Backroads. I mean, a degree. He had a, a job lined up with a company called Backroads. He had a job offer. They do active travel. He was so excited to be helping people ride their bike and all those sort of things around the globe. That's what his hope was to do. Do that for three or four years and then go to grad school. That was his plan. And he had, of course, he had his job. No, no one's doing global travel right now. Yes. So, and the company shrunk so much. It's like, hey, all all those job offers we put for 2020, we, they rescinded them all, I believe. Because um, they're just trying to get their existing employees to work. So he's been home. like Eric, But we, we went out to lunch and... Um, He's 22, recent graduate. You can imagine where he lies politically, right? He's fairly liberal. But <laughs> so we're at, we're at and, and I'm probably a little more in the middle on a lot of different things, but he, like he just brings up these, like, and 
I think he just tries to tick me off. What <laughs> he brings up super liberal. I said, can we not talk about politics just for please, just for lunch? <laughs> and he says, well, there's a lot going on in the world. I said, I understand. But can we just set the politics aside and just talk Your about it? son's life? messing with you. <laughs> totally. I don't think he can help it. He's... He, he wasn't planning on being home living in no. the parents' basement at age 22, right? <laughs> We're in California. No one has a basement. Okay. I don't have a basement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one has a basement. It's not the Midwest. <laughs> right. Nobody does have a basement. I did I live in a house nobody. for a couple of years growing up that we had a basement. Did you? Yeah, it was dusty. And... <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's uh, take some calls. 833-99-WORTH is our number. We're in Colorado talking with David. David, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, glad you're joining us, David. So the question that I have is I'm hopefully going to be retiring here soon. And I have... Um, when you say soon, is that like in a couple of weeks, in a couple of years? Um, prob- I'd like to retire within five years. Okay. If I could. Um, I have retirement accounts in a 401k, Roth, and IRA accounts. And I'm wondering what is... I'm 50. I'll be 54 this year. Uh, I'm looking to figure out what the find out what the pros and cons are of um, taking distributions from my 401k, or should I take them from my Roth, or should I take them from my IRA? Not really sure what. Great what questions. I should do and for for, you know, you know, one thing I got to commend you for your, your retirement's about five years out. This is really kind of the the I. Well, you always need to be planning for retirement. But within about five years, this is the time to really get your ducks in a row and say, all right, what's life going to look like five years from now? What should I focus on? What, how much should I be saving? Where should I be saving those dollars? Should I be doing it on a pre-tax or an after-tax basis? What do I do about my mortgage? Are we going to be in the same house at retirement? Um, are there kids we're still finishing, helping them get launched? All those sort of things and getting a plan in place. This is like Probably the the most important time those five years prior because I've been we've been doing this long enough. I mean we we have a firm we help people do this and we'll have people come in years in advance and we'll help them get ready for retirement. They go to retire, they're in great shape. I've had the probably the worst case situation I remember is a, a guy had a retirement offer from his employer that he took. Uh, he had sixty days to make some decisions on his pension. He came in to see us on day fifty nine, like. Uh, <laughs> there's not much we can do to help them prepare for retirement. Right. Um, so, um, with this, I think how much, are, what are the account balances? Do you, Oh, first of all, let's maybe the question is an overall financial planning. Do you own a home? Yes. So financially I'm, I'm set. I have, um, quite a bit in all of my retirement accounts. Um, we max out our savings in our, in our, um, in our Roths and our uh, 401ks. So I'm just trying to figure out where uh, yeah. I should be looking okay. to potentially move money. What, should I start doing the in my 401k the the Roth the Roth option as opposed to doing the pre-tax dollars? I mean, I probably we probably have a couple million to in those accounts. Got in your house is paid for, I assume. Uh, no. Probably was, within the next five years. Okay. Probably by the time we retire, perfect. the house will be paid. Perfect, perfect. And perfect. what's the what's the annual income, family annual income ballpark? Um, over a hundred. Because the 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 way the, and the the thing that's going to drive these decisions is not the investment options in these vehicles because they're all the same, right? We yeah. can have the same roughly the same investments in a four hundred one k as an IRA as a Roth. 
what will drive this is the taxation of the withdrawals. And so what we got to do is try to figure out what we're projecting, uh, essentially David's retirement starting five years from now and then for the next 30 years thereafter. And the challenge, of course, the longer we go out, I mean, tax law is based upon, you know, Congress writes the tax law. It could change. Well, actually, before we took your call, I mentioned that we are going to talk about the changes in tax law being proposed to being proposed if, if Biden becomes uh, Joe Biden becomes president. Yeah. So the in a in a perfect world, we've got great diversification in our tax strategy, just like we would have great diversification in our investments. Right. Okay. Because we don't really know. I mean, right now we know that Roth IRAs, they've got a lot of great things going from their, their tax free income at retirement. There's no required minimum distributions. Uh, there's no taxation on them upon our death unless they exceed the estate tax limits. So they are, I mean, it's a fantastic savings vehicle. But we don't know if in the future someone says, hey, there's going to be an excise tax on distributions above a certain amount. Or there was already saw some, someone had a provision about um, uh, speeding up distributions, required having required minimum distributions for account balances over like 50,000 or 100,000. So there could, that could actually trigger in. And then in your 401k, of course, that's all t- 401k and your IRA, it's all taxable. So at age 72, we have required minimum distributions and could those things be changed further? Our taxation is very, our tax rates are progressive. So some income's not taxed at all. Some's taxed at 10%, some's taxed at 12%. Then we go to 22%. Then we go all the way up to 36 and some change. So the, so, qu- the question we need to ask now is, is I think the question you're asking, should you be making contributions into your Roth 401k versus your after-tax 401k? Was that one of the questions? That, yes. What percentage of your retirement savings is either outside of, or, so you said roughly $2 million. Of, of that, how much is outside of a 401k or traditional IRA? Such as in a Roth or a brokerage account outside of the or a rental property, something that's not um, probably a, a few hundred thousand. Okay, so that let's say it's three hundred thousand, few, and it's two million, right. so fifteen percent. And will you stay in Colorado when you uh, retire? Yes. And how much? And so you need to look at the tax your tax table. You you you're giving us kind of broad numbers. So you said a little bit. I would still. Over you know what? My gut tells me uh, if I were in your shoes, I would do a Roth uh, 401k so contribution. Would I. So would I. Because you're still, right. you're, so, you're, you're, you're kind of in the, about in the middle as far as the taxation goes. And if you just look out far enough, if you've already got a lot of money saved, just assume it's going to continue to grow, right? Um, and then I start thinking about what, what your taxation is going to be in retirement. And even if you were a 3 or 4% withdrawal, add Social Security. You're going to be you, in the same or higher. Yeah. And the idea of putting more money in the Roth is allows you more choices in the distribution phase. So let's say that in your retirement and you're saying, okay, I need $100,000 to live. You might take 20% out of your Roth in order to keep the dollars coming out of your 401k at a lower marginal rate. Okay. So basically try to 
limit the amount that I take out of the 401k for those distributions no, no. as long as possible? No, so no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you want to maximize no. the lower tax brackets on the distributions. But five years out, who knows? So what we do know is that you should put together a diversified tax strategy, much like you put together a diversified portfolio. And right now, based upon the dollars you have saved and who you are, it appears to me that you are underutilizing the Roth IRA or after-tax dollars outside of your 401k or IRA, which you may pay a little bit higher marginal tax rate on those dollars going in today, but it's going to give you significant benefits in five years from now when the distributions take place. Okay, so uh, so question. So I max my Roth IRA currently. Yes. So if I go back and put it, change my, uh, my 401k to a Roth IRA, Will that or Roth 401k, will that affect my ability to put money into that Roth IRA I already have? Not, Not at, all. at all. Not even a little. Not at all. Okay. It won't change anything. It's just allowing you. Now, if you're making $190,000 a year, maybe. Even at that, uh, given what, if you didn't have much saved, let's cut the number in half. Right, if you had the half the money, I would I'd say continue doing the the pre tax. But you got quite a bit in your four hundred one k, and you're fifty four years old. So we start thinking between I'm concerned this between you and your spouse. You start you start projecting out what it's going to be at age sixty, considering contribute even five years now fifty nine, the contributions going in, the growth on it. Yeah. And then, now we're retired, and it's three four million dollars, and. And you're 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 going to be still having some growth because you're you're going to at 59 years old retiring you're going to want your your overall principal to keep growing to keep pace with inflation so suddenly your retirement your pre-tax retirement account then we start worrying about when your 60s like uh oh what are we going to do when you hit age 72 and you have required minimum distributions what's that going to be do for the taxes you so, could find yourself in a higher tax bracket in retirement than you ever did working so yeah, that's why you're going to make right. the contributions to the Roth. That's exactly what I would do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No question. All right. You've done a great job saving. Oh, you're my on the guys, right you're track. great. You're great. You are the millionaire great next guys. door. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thanks. He's the millionaire next door. Thanks very much. Yeah. Not my, my next door neighbor is a deadbeat. <laughs> it's hard to tell. There's oh, lots of neighborhoods are that are filled me? with big hat, no cattle. Oh, my gosh. Lots of neighborhoods. My neighborhood, particularly. <laughs> big hat, no cattle. No, it's funny. My neighborhood, it's either. Um, they either have a huge mortgage or no mortgage. It's like there's not much in between. <laughs> no, no. I was talking to the guy at the who at the uh, a guy who works at Mercedes dealership, and he was. I said, "Who who is the typical buyer for Mercedes?" He says, "Well, you get it's all over the map." He says, "It's kind of there. It's either someone comes and pays cash, or or it's they do everything possible in order to stretch to get a lease on a on a new Mercedes." Oh my! He says I'm... people that have no business. He says we have a lot of people buying these cars have no business driving these cars financially. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but they look good. <laughs> and he says, but they said they wanted one. And my job oh, is to get them into is to one. Sell Mercedes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Don't blame them for that. All right. Uh, let's uh, continue on with calls here at Allworth Financial. To join us, 833 99Worth. We're talking with Linda. Hi, Linda. You're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. How are you today? We're wonderful. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was listening to the previous caller in. A similar situation on the questions that I have today. The biggest issue that I have is I'm coming from a um, female point of view, and my husband and I are both in the same industry. We both own our own 
businesses. Wow. <laughs> you compete with you one compete? another? Yeah, do you compete with each other? We, we, we say, well, I put it this way. We um, complement each other in the same community, but when he's not listening, I do compete. There we, so you are what uh, we call in our industry a frenemy. Um, your friends yeah. someday <laughs> and your enemies well, the other. Well, in this case, they actually do sleep together. And she talked about <laughs> okay. In, okay. Right. in bed right. with the competition, you uh, literally. Yeah. And I always win. <laughs> okay, okay, well, okay. I, I'm sure he's not listening to this uh, show. Okay. What can we do for so, you? Um, that's, I'm actually also a little bit older than him. I'm 63, and he's been doing what he's been doing for a long time, and I was fairly new. It was, it was really more of a financial transaction um, for me to purchase my business, and I'm ready to sell my business. Because I, I am starting to be concerned with all of our financial eggs being in one basket. Okay. So the question is, is yes, I've made... Um, a By the way, if, if you sell it to your competitor, your husband, it's not going to help you with that problem. But. Um, no, and that, that can't happen. So um, based on the requirement of the purchase. So um, five years ago, six years ago. So... The question is, and financially, um, similar to the, to the, you know, my husband thinks cash is king, and so he's purchased a lot of um, a, a lot of his business and still has notes on it. But and I just get um, wigged out by that. But then he shows me the the financial. It's like investing your money to get a return on your investment. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty stable industry, so I just go, okay, I see I see what it's bringing in, but it's also over the past two or three years, including me owning my business, has put us in that upper tax, tax bracket, and you just um, pay a lot of taxes. Do you contribute to a, a 401k, solo K type plan? Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm also, um, yeah. We both have a 401k that we maxed out, um, and I'm doing makeup because of my, and now he he can too. I'm 63, he's 57. Do you have employees? Uh, Linda, do you have employees? Yes, both okay. of us do. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, between the two of us, we have like 30 employees. Okay. Um, we have a couple of small annuities. We do have stuff outside. Um, you know, we have a couple of funds accounts. Um, we have cash and savings and bank. <clears throat> he has um, quite a bit of cash capital in his business and um, waiting for the next move or buying another business. So he's been very successful with that. I'm just tired of that merry-go-round for me personally. Okay. So once again, taking, um, you know, selling the business, you know, I like to pay things off, and then I'll ask a question about my home. Um, you know, take it all and just pay the capital gains. Yeah, how long have you been married? Um, almost 20 years. Second marriage for both of us. Okay. We've accumulated our wealth in the past Got it. 20 Got years. It. And Got so it. you want to sell your business and retire, sounds like, or do you know, something different. What, and your husband wants to keep doubling down. And he wants to use yeah. leverage in his business, and you don't. Yes. And are there personal guarantees on the notes that he has? I would imagine there are. Uh, some, some not. It's, 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 <laughs> he's pretty good at what he does. So, 
Um, the industry is actually uh, able to leverage itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cash flow pays the notes, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, so, you know, the banks will take that and then some people do a carry. So uh-huh. a lot of times there's no cash out on his So end. how much do you owe on your home? So that's a good question. So the question is, so it's, the house is worth um, seven hundred thousand. We owe two fifty, but okay. we did a major remodel, and there's cash tied to a CD to that remodel for two percent. Okay, but it's cash set aside in a CD, okay. and I have a fixed rate. I have yeah. a fixed rate on mine. And I used to, I used to do. Well, let's, let's, so, so the answer to that question is you lent the money to the bank and then they lent it back to you and charged yeah. you 2% what's, for what, the pleasure what, of doing what's that. The under, what's the underlying, um, what's, what's driving you to call today? What's like, yeah, where, what, where's the pain point? So the pain, I want, I want out. Okay. <laughs> so, out let's, so you, 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 you actually don't have a financial question. You have a, um, uh, a relationship question. That's what you have because truly. So I could sit down in a room with you and actually say, okay, you should sell your business because it's going to reduce the the risk this way and this way. But then he's going to go buy another business and leverage it up. And you're in, you're in exactly the same place you were than before the meeting. But this, yeah, but my name's not on the door, but your name's on the, the door financially. Yeah, I know. And that's, you're right. And this is, um, and this is a good question for people that listen to you, that this is really how the difference yeah, between totally. men and women. So you know what? So uh, Linda, we're, we're going to put you on hold and carry you through the break, which we, we typically don't do, but there's so many, so often couples come to this stage and don't, not in agreement. So you're doing a workshop for financial planning for couples coming up in the next this week, week or two. Yeah. Is it this week? Yeah, oh. it is this week. You can find, learn more in our, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here with you. Pat McClain. And we have uh, we asked Linda to hold on through the break. And um, Lin- Linda's at retirement age. Um, her and her husband aren't have, they've kind of at a point where they've got maybe different objectives. Uh, Linda, they both have a business. In the same separate industry, businesses, separate businesses. Linda would like to sell hers and transition away, and it sounds like her husband wants to double down. He sounds like he's been buying some other little businesses and and self financing them. And um, so, Linda, you're still with us. I am. Okay. So this is interesting, um, and but not uh, completely unusual. Um, it, what we're seeing here is uh, there's a divergence between the two of you on risk. And lifestyle. So let's pretend you, you let's pretend you had a transaction closed today, Linda. Okay. And um, you, next week you're no longer working. What's the next couple of years look like for you? Like, what do you do? In the get up, do you go to the 
the grocery store and shop for seven hours? You go play tennis? Do you, what's your life? You travel? Yeah, what are you hoping to what do? do? You, what, what's it look like? So that's a, that's a good question. Um, because I asked myself that the other day and it's just like, I don't really have an answer because I've been so busy doing what I've done. And I also, um, had another career on top of that. So I was really working, um, double, double duty for about eight years and I'm just burned out. And so to ask myself that I'd probably travel, uh, admit, you know, other than what's going on right now, yeah. that would be, um, you know, he set aside in our little planner about $20,000 a year for traveling. And I said, um, wow. And he says, well, I know how my wife likes to travel. So, you know, I would travel, I'd take some cooking classes, but I just, I'm, um, would he, right. I'm, at, I'm sorry. Would he travel with you if he was working? Yes, he could do that. Okay, and because the one thing about the COVID, it's uh, working from working remotely is much more acceptable now, and even with client interactions, as as you know, obviously, because you've been doing probably Zoom or one of those like that yourself for the last few months. Yeah, there's nothing like doing a meeting with a nice dress shirt on and a pair of soccer shorts. So, so. Oftentimes, we're both practicing financial advisors. That's how we started the business 30 years ago. And we've, so, and oftentimes right. couples will come, and I'm not here, we're not pitching ourselves. I'm just talking about the process of meeting with an advisor. Oftentimes, couples will come in with just like this, they'll have different v- visions of their future. And some say, right. like, I'm ready to retire now. And the other one thinks, uh, it would not, like myself personally, I'm 54. And, uh-huh. uh, I have I financially prepared for retirement, but I, I hope never to retire. I don't think it would be good for me in, in lots of ways. <laughs> um, well, we're both in, in the industry that really is, um, we've been asked, why would you even sell? It's one of those similar to yours. It just can, it will continue to pay out and pay out until it absorbs itself if that were the case. So what, so, what, 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 if you, what if you sold your business and you guys mm-hmm. had some meeting of the mind of how much risk his business might put on the family finances. Cause that's what your concern would be like, look, I suddenly sell my business. Uh, we've got our finances shored up. What happens if, I mean, we saw COVID-19 come from nowhere. Right. And we saw the havoc at, at certain right. levels on some businesses. Right. And I think if anything, it's just a good right. reminder that no business is immune. Even the ones you think that nothing ever could happen to it. Who knows, right? So I think your concern would be, what happens if my if my my husband's business pursuits something goes south there and it and it damages our our finances and your retirement? Right. So, but I think you can structure things in such a way and have some agreement to say like these are the core things we're going to focus on as a couple to make sure our finances are secure. You go into re- you sell your business and retire. Obviously, he's not going to have twenty four seven to go goof off with you, but he loves to work. He loves. To work he's so good at what he does um and i'm really proud of him for that it's just and what I, would he be like so let, let me ask you this let's say that you uh you you really worked on him and got him convinced him to sell his business and now he's retired would he is that the guy you want to spend your time with <laughs> yeah i'd watch him play tennis <laughs> yes no what i'm saying is would would he be happy in him playing tennis all day long 
Um, he's he is a he's an awesome guy, so he would be happy doing. He even goes shopping with me, so he's just wow. He's one of those kind of guys. He's really. I hope my wife's not listening. No kidding. Yeah. So he does laundry. Well. I did laundry this morning. (laughs) I said, I folded my wife's clothes. I folded my wife's clothes and my daughter who's living with me came in and said, you do a terrible job folding clothes. And then she wrote folded everything I folded for my wife. Perfect. And I'm thinking I'm going to get credit. I'm going to get partial. I do poorly that way. I'm going to get partial credit for this. So your situation. So here's what I look at. You're trying to, you, you want a lifestyle change and you want to lower your risk. My my fear would be is that he might increase the risk. You pay off the mortgage. He feels a little bit comfortable. By the way, you mentioned that money in the bank and you borrow money a two percent more. You should just pay that off. That's just silly. Um, that's silly because you don't have access to the money anyway. So it's not like having any. It's the bank borrowed you lent you money and they borrowed money from you and then lent it back to you at, at a higher rate. At a higher rate. So that's just silly. You want yeah. to pay that and, off. And that decision was made in a moment of time when we were doing a Under, major remodel. Okay. Understand, yeah, understand, good. understand. It's irrelevant yeah. what, what brought you to this point. This it's is just, where you are. So with with right. as long as you can actually set up a formula in terms of to mitigate how many companies he buys as a debt service as a percentage of revenue or net income – and you can live within those parameters, I'd be comfortable with that, which means, look, you can yeah. continue to buy these companies, but your debt service can't ever more or than- Or no personal guarantees. No personal, or it can't yeah. be any more than 25% of uh, revenues, which is exactly, by the way, the way uh, large institutions lend to business, which is they have debt service covenants on them. And then further, right. may, you know, maybe it makes sense for him to to figure out how to restructure his day so he has more free time. I mean, I'll give you, I'll be very transparent here. So in uh, the year 2000, 20 years ago, a long time ago, but both Pat and myself went to a, a, a specific coaching program out of Chicago, which was largely built upon uh, really identifying what, what value you bring to that to the organization uh, and 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 figuring out how to really delegate well and how to have time off because we were both working. It was getting, too much. It was it, it was interfering with my ma- marriage significantly. I had young children and I was working sixty plus hours a week. And my wife said, "I'm not living like this." And but, so I I wanted to continue to grow the business as did Scott. So we had to had to figure out a way to approach our roles and the organization differently. And we got to the point where we would have like calm free days, days off where you're not working at all because you've got good people behind you who can handle the day to day. And, and so part of it, like I said, I don't want to retire. And part of it's because I've been able to find kind of a rhythm along the journey such that I'm not working 60 hours a week, week in and week out. And I could take a vacation and leave the laptop behind. And so it's a bit of, it's, it's a bit of a mind shift thing. So, um, and there's no reason he couldn't get there if that's, I mean, you guys need to find this is a this is a, a, a marriage thing as as much as a. But if I were in your situation, I would start with uh, visiting a good financial advisor who and have sit down and have a meeting with the advisor and talk through these things because they could be kind of a, a, a middleman and a mediator on this, right? And right. help you come up with a, a, some solutions. But, be um, but we do have a. This is a shameless yeah. plug, Linda. Thank you. Um, for listening. And I appreciate the call, Linda. It sounds like uh, these are good problems to have, by the way. Shameless plug. Uh, Wednesday the 12th and Thursday the 13th. This we, Wednesday, this Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. On Wednesday. Yep. 5 p.m. Pacific time. 
on Thursday. And it's a workshop you're retirement, doing. It's a live webinar, retirement planning for couples. And you put this together. That's correct. I spent quite a bit of time with my team. It wasn't the just team. me by any means. Yeah. And I, I actually don't know how to put a PowerPoint or that sort of thing. I can't do that part. But I could, as far as the flow of it. And we deal quite a bit. We're going to look at a, a particular couple. We got some videos and stuff. So it's, it's going to be, it's not going to be 30 minutes of PowerPoint presentation. I promise you that. Uh, but it deals with a lot of the, these sort of issues at retirement. And because most of us go into retirement, we're, or at least we're planning for retirement. We're getting there. Like Linda, she's 63, retirement age. Um, what's this future look like now? Oftentimes, husbands and wife don't have the same exact vision of their near-term future or their long-term. And then even when we get into retirement, sometimes things happen, change every time. We're dealing with an aging parent or whatnot. Uh, so there's lots of things. So that anyway, that's a workshop this uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Go to allworthfinancial.com. And especially if your husband's not like Linda, who apparently he... Linda's husband, you mean? Linda's husband, she said he goes shopping with her, goes, does the laundry, makes a good living. What? I don't... When shopping, I just... I, uh, yeah, that's a... That's a G&I... I'll go to Costco with my wife. <laughs> Costco. <laughs> All right, let's continue with calls. 800, I'm sorry, 833-99-WORTH is our number, 833-99-WORTH. We're talking with Jeff. Jeff, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Good morning, guys. Hi, Jeff. I have a question uh, regarding Social Security. And, Pat, you mentioned on... A weeks back on the show, something about a social security funding price, uh, crisis. Uh, yes. Um, and, and that it might uh, cause them to make changes in the uh, in the rules or in the laws around social security. That's correct. I'm rather curious about that because I'm, I'm one of those people who is trying to make it to 70 before I start drawing my own social security. Uh, and uh, I'm wondering if I should hold on or how, how, if I just better take what I could get. How old are you? I'll be 69 in October. Okay. And what is your approximate income without Social Security? How much is that a year? Without Social Security, it's about uh, uh, right around 50000 a year. Okay. And I do get, I, I do have a so what they call a social security widower's benefit because my wife passed quite a few ah, years. Ago. Okay, okay, well that changes. So no brainer. That changes. That changes. Wait till seventy. Wait till seventy. That changes. Because then you're going to go on your own. You should for sure mm -hmm. wait for seventy. Yeah, you want to wait. Okay, so you, you don't think anything's going to change? Here, well, here's how. Here's what the how. Here's the current structure. So social security. You know, they got all kinds of gimmicky accounting. There's the trust fund, which is now empty. And so they're, or it's, it's, it's close, close to being to empty, right? Close. So there's no, 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 there's no, there's no more surplus going in there. We're, we're starting to, to eat into the trust, the surplus right now, draining it down, which is scheduled to run uh, dry sometime around uh, 2030 to 2033, depending on what study you look at. Yeah, and so and some of the estimates have actually years. moved them up to, I think I quoted one that said, that, 2028, but there's the, 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 in the next 10 ballpark, 10 years, 
And if we get to the point where we are suddenly there's no surplus left in there and we're in it's in the red, there's an automatic cut across the board. The way it's currently structured, there'll be a cut, and I think it's 22% across the board. Now, um, we have no, we're not clairvoyant, so we don't know what the future brings or what's going to happen. But if we were facing this today, it would be our belief that Congress would do something to step in to make sure that the 95% of, 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 of retirees continue to receive their Social Security, or even 80%, the vast majority, their full benefit, particularly those that are somewhat poor in retirement. And there's a lot of very poor retirees that rely. Matter of fact, the majority of Social Security recipients, Social Security makes up um, the majority of their income. Right? So there's not that many people that can afford to live without Social Security. So I can't imagine uh, elected officials are going to stand by and say, I'm going to go ahead and watch a 22% reduction on these retirees that are desperately need this monthly check. And giving the same amount to Warren Buffett, who doesn't need it at all. Or Bill Gates, who doesn't need it at all. So it would be our, it's our contention, our belief that if we were facing this today, and frankly, if I were an elected official facing this today and having to deal with this, what would probably happen is there would be some sort of reduction on those who quote unquote could afford a reduction and not on others. Which would be a means testing, right? And so they already do a form of means testing by the taxation of social security because- Social Security becomes taxable to certain people at over income levels for a couple. 50% of the benefit over age, uh, over incomes of $32,000 and uh, $44,000, 85% gets taxed. That's a means right. test, right? right? That is a means. To, and by the way, it's not indexed for inflation, which is interesting. So how much is your benefit in the widow's benefit a month now? Um, it's uh, gross. I'm not sure. Net, I get about uh Sixteen hundred. Yeah, definitely. And, oh, okay, you you uh, and, yeah, you want to stay on that. If, and how much would your benefit be at age seventy from your Social Security when you file against it? Well, if the if the, uh, the yearly thing, or, you know, form yep. that you get from Social Security is right, it's about thirty six hundred. Yeah, I'd stay on it. I'd, I'd wait. A, I'd wait another year. For yeah, I'd no wait. Question. I'd wait. I'd wait. Yeah. And fifty thousand dollars. My guess is the first line they draw in the sand will be at a hundred grand or higher. Or higher. Yeah. So appreciate the call, Jeff. If, yeah. And J- Jeff, if you had, if you called and said my income's, I have a pension of 120000 and a million dollars in my 401k, we'd say take the, I mean, with, with your widow's pension, we'd probably crunch the numbers and figure out when that break even point was. But for the, if you didn't have the widow's benefit, we'd like take it, take the, take it now. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but, but the, any sort of government taxation benefits, you, you got to realize that it, there could be changes in the future. The rule of thumb is if you don't need the income to live on, then take it in Social Security. If you need the income to live on, then defer then it. wait. In other words, if that income is going to make a difference in your lifestyle, defer as long as possible. So anyway, appreciate the call. 833-99-WORTH. We'll get you on with All Worth's Money Matters. We're talking with John. John, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, Pat. Hi, Scott. Hi, John. <clears throat> Hey, I uh, recently got laid off uh, after Sorry. 38 years with wow. the company. Um, How old are you? So now I'm 61. Mm. When were you hoping to retire? How much How much longer are you planning on working there? Next year at 62. Okay. okay. So I was hoping to hit 40 years with the company. And 
and retire next year, but that's okay. So I'm about a year and a half early on my plan. Um, so I have a pension that now that I've laid off from the company, I can start taking a pension that's been sitting there uh, from the company. The pension actually is with the PDGC, the okay. government. Oh, they went okay. through a bankruptcy okay. at some point in time. They did two years ago. Okay. okay. So my only option is uh, an annuity. Uh, there's no lump sum available. Okay, that's right. So there's three options I have to. I'm trying to decide between. Do I just take the single annuity, which uh-huh. is no survivor to my wife, uh-huh. and that's twenty one fifty a month, or do I take the the dual, which is a hundred percent to my wife, that that I'm that we'd be getting with me alive, and that's nineteen twenty five. So I give up about two hundred and twenty five dollars a month. Okay. Or they have something called a pop up. Uh huh. So if my wife happens to die first, well, if my wife doesn't die, she gets nineteen hundred, just like we would be getting. Yep. And then if but if she happens to die first, then it pops back up to the twenty one fifty. That's right. Okay. Is there is there another option where maybe a joint and fifty percent? There is. Okay, so here's what the problem is in this conversation, John. Every one of those numbers you shared with us uh, is the same, right? Based upon a normal life expectancy. Based upon a normal life expectancy, <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter to them which one you choose. So in order to give you the— Because there's, once there's thousands of retirees, some are going to retire, die earlier, some are going to die later. So if you could tell me the exact date you and your wife were going to die— <laughs> <laughs> I, this is, <laughs> I could give you the right number. I could tell you which one to take. So since that's highly unlikely that you could do that, what we want to take into, a, into account is your health, your wife's health, your wife's pre-existing conditions, your pre-existing conditions, and, longevity in the family. And the income needs. And the income needs and lifestyle considerations, right? Are you is, – is your – are you active, inactive? You know, what, what is the, what, we're, what we're trying to do is get some probability in there as to date of death. And then what the so income I'm, needs are, right? And, and yeah, quite, so I'm, I'm, we're both healthy. Okay. Um, she does have some pre existing condition, you know, just higher blood pressure. Okay. And, um, and what other assets is the home paid for? Yeah, so the house is paid for, the cars are paid off, we don't have any debt. And and how much money do you have outside of these the PBGC pensions? How much money do you have in IRAs, 401ks, brokerage accounts, savings, like the whole thing? If you were going to put it in a suitcase, how much money would there be in the suitcase? Yeah, figure $2.5 Okay, you take the pop-up. Or I don't think you should take a joint, joint in 100%. Why not? They've got normal life expectancies. It's not going to matter one way or the other. You got a point. It's not going to be. He's got two and a half million dollars. So the number's the number. The number's the number. So just assume they have a normal life expectancy. Either take the the 100% joint or survivor or the pop-up and not worry about it. And you both are eligible for Social Security? My, my point would be to, to, yes. to counter Pat here, because we won't know the answer until you're both dead, right? That's the bottom line. <laughs> right? Then we know what the right choice was. But to counter your point, one could argue that because they don't, they're not going to really, this isn't going to be a huge requirement for maintaining their lifestyle, 
number one. Number two, if he predeceases, her, the overall family income needs are going to be reduced because he's no longer there to consume uh, parts of his pension. Okay. So I would argue for a joint in 50%. Well, and to counter that, I would say it doesn't really matter. So the reason I would ask for the pop-up provision is it gives us the full amount of insurance that we yeah, actually yeah, need. And uh, then you can tell your wife, honey, I've got where your pension's going to be exactly the same if I die. We're Don't talking about, about a, a difference of $3,000 a year on a guy that actually has a yeah, yeah, net yeah. worth. In addition to this, Social Security and a house that paid that's paid for, um, as a percentage, it's point zero zero. Yeah. So I could go both ways. Yeah. This is the most palatable to me. I actually, I, Pat sold me. I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just thinking of, I'm in your shoes, John, right? I'm in your shoes. It's like the, that difference in a couple hundred bucks a month is not going to make any dip, in, impact on your retirement. Living That's right. Because of uh, your, uh, your savings, your income. I assume you're both qualified for Social Security. Um, yep. So it, it's, but this, it, at least this way, it's like something happens to you. You can, you can look your wife straight in the eye and say, hey, honey, something happens, I die early, that pension is going to continue on 100%. You don't so, have to worry about anything. So the, the question is— Social Security would be impacted when okay. you pass away. There will right. be a reduction there. There will be a reduction there. Right. So the, the, the things that—if you were sitting in an office with one of the advisors, our advisors, they would make sure that your portfolio is well-balanced and that it's tax-efficient for the dollars outside of the 401k. They'd put together a distribution plan or a Roth conversion plan— prior to age 72 in order to bleed some of those dollars off at a lower marginal rate, they would ask about your health insurance, your Medicare, your estate planning and long-term care insurance. So if I was to circle John and his wife who went through a retirement plan prior to retirement, prior to than they expected, you guys are fine. Most likely fine financially. You just need to clean up the edges and make sure it's all in place and you have to actually start thinking about Roth conversions, especially before you start taking Social Security, yep. especially before you start taking Social Security prior to age 72. When you said earlier, Pat, as a rule of thumb, if you don't need it, wait. But you know, that's that's you've, you've got to balance in, do we do some Roth conversions? And if so, it might make sense to defer the Social Security. Yeah, and, but you've got a year. He's 61. Yep. You've got some time. So there's you you've got a little window here and year, year and a half that you can actually play with for tax planning, but you want to make sure all those rest of the things in your financial life are taken care of. So Yeah. Sounds appreciate like, the call. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, and, and fortunately they it didn't make it quite to what your goal you was. You did and, fine. But it sounds like you, you you survived a company bankruptcy. Yeah. You did fine. You know what I find interesting, Pat? Um Someone joked with me the other day. They said, "There's Pat, Scott, you, you guys only have 12 different, 12 questions on the, the show. You have 12 questions. And there's, maybe that's somewhat accurate. But there's every situation still unique, the nuances between. And I did, just even thinking of a couple of the calls during this program, with, obviously with, with John and what we might recommend for his pension would be different for somebody else with different assets and whatnot. And uh, even just starting off in the, the program, we had a, a David who we, we told him, even though his income was relatively high, I told him to use a Roth 401k, which oftentimes it's, with someone of that income, we would say use a pre-tax 401k. Every situation is Advice is nuanced. And that's why, I mean, I really think there's tremendous value in good financial planning. Finding a good financial advisor. So, hey, Scott, before we go, we had promised that we were going to get to the changes in the tax plan. 
Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so we're going to put this on our podcast, um, the changes uh, that Biden is proposing if he becomes Joe Biden, if he becomes elected president versus what Donald Trump, our president, wants to do. So we're going to put it on a podcast that you can uh, go to and listen to on our podcast, little 10-minute summary of the proposed changes. And again, a reminder for our workshop, Financial Planning for Couples, which comes up Wednesday the 12th at 4 o'clock Pacific Time and Thursday the 13th at 5 Pacific Time. And you can find that. You can register. Scott's going to do it himself. You can register at allworthfinancial.com. That's right. And by the way, Pat, to get the podcast, you can get it at our website at allworthfinancial.com. Uh, or, or if you're already a subscriber you're, and it drops into your feed automatically. And if you're listening on podcast, if you'd be so kind to, as to rate us and maybe share it with a friend. Give us a review. Oh, yes, a review, <laughs> not a rating, a review. <laughs> anyway, it's always been it's, We so much appreciate our listeners because we would not uh, exist without you all. So thank you. Enjoy the your rest of your, your day and then the rest of your week. We'll see you next week. This has been All Worth's Money Matters. Well, welcome to All Worth's special podcast on taxes i guess that's what we want to call it yeah. scott hansen here with pat mclean and we uh f- we you you may have heard us mention this in um our radio show in the podcast that we ran out of time so we were going to do it an addendum an additional part of the podcast and we're just going to kind of go over a little bit of the changes uh that joe biden um has said that he is going to actually put into place uh, and compare and contrast that to Donald Trump. You know, of course, it's still at a time in the election. And we're trying not to, we're trying to take a middle road on the political aspects here. But it is time in the election cycle where they are trying to appeal to some of the fringes because the base is going to, I mean, there's certain people are going to vote for for Biden regardless. So he's trying to go out and and strum up a little further, go for a little farther left to grab those people. We're not trying to make any... Yeah. So, and the and the reality is is that either we we're going the federal government is either going to have to slow spending or increase taxes, or a combination of the two. But the current path is unsustainable. It's not it's sustainable. Untenable. It's unbelievable how much um, for 2020. Yeah. And and quite frankly, if I was a politician, I, I might be, uh, you know, inclined to to spend. A, you know, I don't know if I would be so inclined to indiscriminately spend as they are. But so the present law is a 21 percent corporate tax. Um, Joe Biden and company would like a 28 percent corporate tax. Um, this is on the business. That's the big highlight uh, in this. There is some affecting read dividends and a little oh, on bit the business of, stuff on the business. But but most people look like what's this mean to me personally? Yeah. Most people. And then the other uh, business thing is a, a tax increase on employee wages over $400,000, uh, which is by and large a relatively small portion of the population that they have wage income of over $400,000. Well, here's what this does. So it's it's 6.2% both for the employer and the employee. So it's it's 12.4% plus so, Medicare. Um, there's the Medicare tax on it. So that you're paying 15.3%. In addition to income taxes, but it's got to a cap of uh, to a cap of Social Security. I think the cap's like one fifty. No, because there's the Obama Medicare surcharge on. It. Understand, but it's not the full six point two. So you can't just add the numbers together. 
because there's there's different caps through the system. There, there was absolutely a tax increase, but what's the maximum they withhold Social Security tax on today? Oh, correct. It's one hundred and thirty-five thousand, or yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. And so right now, what the what according to Biden, after one hundred and thirty-five, there's nothing. But when you hit four hundred thousand, things above that, Social Security taxes kick back in again. That's what it looks like. That's what it's going to be flustered out. I assure you. I doubt it's going to look just like that. But this that's is the what way he's proposing. That's like. what you were talking about. Yeah, I understand. It, the it. The, We'll I'm go confused with, that. with the. I don't believe that they're gonna. There's gonna be a window if they ever. If Joe Biden is elected president, that they're gonna have a window where there's no social security tax between well, one fifty. I thought we were discussing what his tax proposal was. Well, That's it's his tax proposal. Okay, you're right. Not what I think it's gonna no, be. No, this is his tax proposal. Okay, That's what we're you. talking about. Okay. His proposal. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Thank you. Okay. I don't think it's probably not gonna. I can't actually imagine them taxing wages yeah. like that because think about this. You're already and and they want the he's proposing that the maximum uh, individual income tax rate um, goes back up to thirty nine point six percent from thirty seven. Yep. It and does. and no preferential capital gain tax rate on million an income of a million dollars or more. So let's assume you're a California business person started a business, right? Um, maybe you haven't, you've, maybe your income has been almost nothing. You're at this, finally someone's buying your business and paying you 10 million bucks for your business. Yes. All of a sudden. You got 39.6% to the feds. If you're living in the state of California, you have 13.3. Of course, there was someone who was talking about bringing that up to 16.9. Plus you have the, um, there's the Obamacare tax on it. So you're well north of 50%. And so now you're the same business owner and say, well, instead of selling this, it's profitable now. I'm going to start taking a higher income. Which is, you're going to be taxed on that. 39.6% plus state of California, whatever state you reside in. This, So now we're over 50%. You add in this self-employment tax? Yes. Now we're, we're literally almost 70%. Okay. That's this being is proposed. The proposal. That's being proposed. And these, are the the proposal. Pe- they, these people, I hate to say it, tend to employ people. Yes, that's the proposal. So uh, those are the big changes. The other big change is the estate tax. Is the estate tax, but this applies to such a small percentage of the population. The uh, right now, the exemption amount you can give is a gift or a death is eleven million five hundred eighty thousand dollars, and that's through two thousand twenty-five. It's supposed to revert back to five million. In 2026, um, index for inflation. So it's going to be someone or over five million. The uh, Biden proposal is to bring the whole exemption amount back to 3.5 million. And and, and th- this is the, uh, by the way, this affects the next one affects th- everybody. Everybody. And I would not be surprised if we saw this coming at some point. In time. We talked about this on our radio show a couple it's years. It's the elimin- uh, weeks elimination ago. of the step up basis on inherited assets. So right now, if I bought a stock for 10 bucks, I hold it my life, it's worth $100, I die with it. I die and I leave it to my spouse even. The, the cost basis, which was $10, gets stepped up to the current market value. So essentially that $90 of gain that I would have had and typically would have to be taxed on is forgiven. And the, the argument behind the step-up basis is because a lot of that's inflation, and otherwise we're taxing an asset twice. But you could index a, an asset to inflation as well. Of course. So that, that, my, my, if I were a betting man, actually, I would say 
you'll start seeing a the elimination of that on estates over some dollar amount. I, I would expect that. We talked about it on the radio show before I read the proposal for Biden's how why it's actually even allowed. So this is uh, this is what it is. It uh, this is what it is. So um, it it will. Yeah be good or be bad it is what it is so let's appreciate you listening to the uh, special podcast edition i would i would anticipate tax rates regardless the next decade uh, expect higher taxes and but it may not be it may not be an income tax it, it could, could be a value-added tax it could be a wealth tax it could be any kind of tax, a number of things expect to change yeah all right thanks for listening this program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.